This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. On the free Odyssey app. have gone on. They've got another double header of fantasy baseball in Peoria, Arizona. We wish them luck. Uh, we will take you the rest of the way. Coming up here, some real or fake at 920. Chance to qualify for a trip to Las Vegas. Our fearless leader, uh, Adam, just poked his head in. and I had an interesting question that I'm going to bring up with uh, Woods and Paul probably tomorrow, but uh, we discussed the World Baseball Classic rosters, the the loaded Dominican Republic team uh, the the final kind of rosters that were leaked out yesterday, and I mentioned the the pitching staff for the Team USA wasn't wasn't all that impressive. Yet. Clayton Kershaw, what well over the hill, Clayton Kershaw. You've got Adam Wainwright, uh, maybe even more over the hill than Clayton Kershaw, and then guys like Kyle Freeland and, and Brady Singer. Uh, you did have it's it's not exactly um, you know the A one pitchers from the United States, and you know I don't know that. Joe Musgrove was asked to be on the World Baseball Classic roster. I don't know that Jacob deGrom or Justin Verlander were were asked, but I can only imagine that they were and they had the option if they wanted to. Now, you know, maybe they didn't want to throw him under the bus and for whatever reason, you know, if they said no, no one should shame those guys for for not wanting to pitch for their country because it's also an incredibly important time as they're getting ready for a season. Uh, you know, in March, and guys, get, they have their routines, and I'd imagine there's more than a handful of pitchers who go, hey, I'd love to do this, but I don't want to break up my preparation routine. I have it scheduled out to the day, you know, where I'm supposed to be at, at a given moment so I can be ready to go on opening day on March 26th and throwing the uncertainty of leaving my spring training facility and pitching, you know, when they need me for a world baseball classic at, you know, a hundred percent, as opposed to ramping up at 70, 80, 90, the way I do it is not the best way for me to get ready for the season. And if that's the most important thing to them is, you know, pitching well for the San Diego Padres or for the New York Mets, uh, whoever, whoever we're talking about, I mean, can you criticize a guy for that, Frank, that that's that they don't want to do that or they say, Hey, Hey, this WBC comes out. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. How could you say no to that? Well, I mean, you can look at it that way. As as we were talking during the break, you could say, well, it's possibility of injury. It's this, it's that. But I think one of the things that you did say during the break that was most important, I think, and probably the right answer, would be that during spring training, you're so you're on a schedule, and now you have to start that schedule, and then ramp right up to play actual games that mean something. And then you ramp back down for spring training, and then you ramp back up again to go into the regular season. You know, I'll probably ask Joe at some point since we have him on 
hey, were you asked and what was your thinking, you know, deciding? I mean, if he wasn't asked, that's kind of crazy, uh, given who the pitchers are. I mean, if Nick Martinez, he said yes, he's on the roster. If he was asked, then you've got to think, well, obviously Joe Musgrove must have been asked at some point. So uh, we'll we'll see if, you know, and, and I'm not going to I'm not going to shame anyone for their explanation on that, but uh, definitely something I want to bring up with Woods and Paul uh, when they're back tomorrow. I also want to talk a little more about the Aztecs. I've got good news and bad news and good news and bad news for San Diego State basketball fans. Uh, let's start with a, a dose of good news. They are right where they should be at this point in the season. I see a lot of Aztec fans who are kind of throwing their arms up in the air and going, I'm just not sure about this team. Uh, you know, I, I thought they'd be better than this. They're 14 and four. They're five and one in the mountain West. Uh, they have won every road game that has been put in front of them. You're not going undefeated all the way through a mountain West season. You're not going undefeated through a college basketball season. It's not going to happen. So, you know, calm down a little bit on the criticism of the Aztecs. Now, the bad news is if you watch them enough, you do know that this is not the same lockdown defensive team that we've been used to. Uh, too many easy baskets, too many allowed threes. It's not the same, like, you cannot score on us, and if we get to 60, we're going to win that game. That's not the case anymore. The Aztecs uh, need to be a little bit better offensively to offset, which is still a good defense, but it's not a top 10 defense in the country like we've been used to seeing. Now, back to good news again. The offense is better, at least at times. There are more weapons. You saw last night against Colorado State, Lamont Butler had one of the best games I have seen him play at San Diego State. Driving, shooting, doing just about everything. He played some really good defense when they needed him as well. One of his best games. But the bad news with the offense is it also can disappear. Uh, Matt Bradley disappeared completely for the first three quarters of that game yesterday. I thought I thought maybe he was sick and they were playing him you know, through a virus. Maybe he is and they aren't telling us. But he didn't look like himself after you know the guy who usually carries that team didn't even have a made basket until 37 minutes into the game last night. You, you do that in an NCAA tournament game, you're gone. You're going home very quickly. You can't have that level of inconsistency and expect to have success in March. So that's, uh, that's a little bit of bad news as well for the Aztecs. So you got some good, you got some bad, you got some good, you got some bad. They're going to need to get better and more consistent if they're going to win a couple of NCAA tournament games and maybe make a run to the Sweet 16 or do something special this year. But they're still very much in position for everything. They haven't lost anything big yet. I mean, when you're when your worst loss is to a New Mexico team that's seventeen and two, yeah, it was at, at home and you wanna you wanna hold home court. But uh, other than that, it's it's still been a pretty decent season for San Diego State and uh, they did gut out that win yesterday. I mean that was that was gritty. They had to dig deep and make sure that they won that one and not turn a loss into a two game losing streak. And uh, Brian Dutcher's always been very good at that. Uh, the Aztecs usually bounce back from losses with wins, and they did so again last night. All right, uh, Paul, you got some, or Italian Paul, you got some headlines for us on a Roundel Report. Let's get to it. And get things started here with our edition, today's edition oh, of boy. the Roundel Report. Now tune into the motherfucking greatest. Welcome to the Roundel Report. 
with Paul Rindel. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Biatch? It's the Rindel Report. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Okay, how are you? On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the mood? I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Can I get a Please bless our mood, Frank, with some headlines this morning. And that I will do. Okay, so we will start off uh, with some NFL beef between two players watching the playoffs at home. Aaron Rodgers doing his weekly spot on the Pat McAfee show uh, this past Tuesday, uh, where the topic of his future came up and his ability to still play at a high level. Rodgers mentioned that he still thinks that he can quote, win an MVP if the, quote, situation was right, Uh, which Rob Gronkowski took exception to. Gronk commented on Up and Adams yesterday, saying, I'm totally fine with everything he said except one major part, and that's the MVP again. It's just that I think I can win another Super Bowl, and then that would be totally fine. Why are you thinking MVP like you don't want Super Bowls? Super Bowls are, I think, five times greater than an MVP award. Gronk would know something about the fe- uh, would know something about the feeling of winning Super Bowls, seeing as he's won three more than Rodgers. Rodgers' future is still very much up in the air after leading the Packers to their first losing season since 2018, and just their third since he has taken over the starting uh, job from the Packers. His first was his rookie year where he went 6-10. and 10. I'd like to tell you I have an original thought on this, but I am totally stealing this take from my drive-in this morning from uh, Damon Amendolara, the DA show, because I thought he was absolutely spot-on brilliant. Because they were talking about this exact topic. Why why would Aaron Rodgers say, I could still be an MVP player and not I can lead a team to a Super Bowl? And D.A. pointed out that you know Aaron Rodgers has one Super Bowl title. A second one, I'm sure he would love to have, would burnish that resume. But it, he's never catching up to Tom Brady. He's never catching up to just Joe Montana or the greats. He's never going to be considered one of the great... Super Bowl winning quarterbacks of all time. His competition is more on the the Peyton Manning, the individual achievement level. And the one thing that Aaron Rodgers can point to and say, look where I have uh, accomplished the most in my career, MVPs. I can win another one of these MVP awards. When you look at the greatest MVP quarterbacks of all time, I'll be right there at the top of the conversation. And that if he did have another MVP, is certainly something that he can do. But a, another Super Bowl title, while great, doesn't, interestingly enough, change his legacy, really. I don't know that anything changes his legacy at this point. And I'm not criticizing Aaron Rodgers, the player, a bit. He's had a phenomenal career, and uh, he certainly belongs in that discussion with all those other players. But in terms of team success, you know, not as much as probably he would have liked over his career. Again, he said if he was put in the right situation, he could win another MVP. With how open the Packers have been about not getting him help, does that come with the Packers? Well, is that an indictment of an MVP award? Should an MVP have to be in the right situation to be the best? If you're the best player, you're the best player. Now, to win a Super Bowl, you have to be in the right situation. 
you can't win a Super Bowl by yourself as an MVP. But if you're the best player and you throw every pass on target and, you know, you have competent people around you, then you're the best player. So, you know, lift those other guys. If you're the MVP, you're supposed to be lifting those other players around you, not taking advantage of, you know, having the best players around you to win an MVP award. And I agree with that 100%. All right, so uh, more NFL future speculation, but this one uh, is more of a decision being made. The L.A. Rams and head coach Sean McVay just future endeavored several members of the Rams coaching staff, including their special teams coordinator and defensive back coach. This will seal the assumption that McVay will be returning as the head coach for the Rams into reality after their worst season under his watch going uh, uh, five and 12. So what, what, what did they do with their coaches? They, they future endeavored. They released them. Is that a... A phrase that I'm yes. unfamiliar with. Well, you know, it's it's. <laughs> Are you making things up over there? No, I'm not Frank? making things up. It's good luck with your future endeavors. We're we're letting you go. Good luck in your future endeavors. So the future endeavors. So that makes it think that that Sean McVay will be back. Yes, because he was the one. He was he made. He is this the word? Is this the making. is this a millennial word for getting fired? You got future endeavored. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it's what a millennial. Fi- what happened? I got fired. Oh, sorry. Uh, bad news, honey. I got future endeavored. At work. <laughs> I'm, I'm We're so a... sensitive nowadays. I'm not. I mean, I'm a sensitive guy. I never even thought that you could say, "Oh no, he got future endeavored." No, I'm a. I'm a. I'm a wise guy. So that's kind of future that was where I went with that. Some future endeavoring going on. <laughs> Uh, injuries did plague the Rams this season, but these moves show that McVay doesn't think that the staff is uh, gave. He's making boy, plans I for next re- season, essentially. Boy, I can He's read. He's making plans for next season, which yeah. is a sign that he's coming back. Yeah, he doesn't think that the staff got everything out of the players that they had this season. That's what I was trying to say. This season may have been a Super Bowl hangover for the Rams, but McVay is expecting to lead the team back onto the field next season all right well uh you know after giving it some thought he is uh, not stepping away into the tv booth which i thought would have been a brilliant move they for said, sean mcveigh they said that years ago with him i think it was after his first like big deep run they thought he was out he's still what 40 he's yeah he's, <laughs> he's got a long way to go one way or another as an nfl coach a broadcaster he's got a very long way to go i mean if he would turn into a broadcaster he could do that for the next 35 40 years i mean what's what's terry bradshaw he's got to be into his well into his 70s by now i would think so i mean he could do that for another half century if that's if that's the choice that he made all right so uh what do you do when you need to figure out an italian paul report and uh you have absolutely nothing uh you go to tmz so that's what we're doing with this last one If you're in the market for a new home in Glendale, Arizona, you may be in luck because I know of someone who has one on sale. Mario Lopez of Saved by the the Bell fame is selling his Glendale mansion at a steal price of $5 million. It's a steal because he had previously had it listed at $7.5 million. So there you go. You got a million and a half off. The home is eight bedrooms, eight baths with a gourmet kitchen. That leads into a private dance studio slash gym. Uh, for your five million, you also get a two-bed, one-bath guest house with a pool, cabana, and built-in entertainment center. Views of Glendale brings the price up another hundred grand naturally. So, if you're looking for a new place in Arizona, 
there is your hot tip. All right. Uh, first of all, views of Glendale should not bring the price up. That should drag the price down. A windowless <laughs> home in Glendale oh. would actually be more expensive because then you don't have to look at Glendale, Arizona. TMZ said there are plenty of big windows <laughs> with that let in lots of natural light. That was a major point that they had in there. Uh, also, secondly, Mario Lopez got to be like one of the worst San Diegans of all time. I mean, he's a Dodger fan. He lives in Arizona. How could anyone grow up here and not embrace everything about this wonderful, wonderful community we live in and abandon it for Glendale, Arizona? Come on, Mario. No taxes. You're always, consider- you're always disappointing us. State taxes And in we Arizona, actually no? don't even care that much about Mario Lopez. And I was a Saved by the Bell fan at some point. But well, All right, thank you. you uh, thank you, Frank. The Italian ball. Ryan will report on a Thursday. All right, we'll come back. We'll play some real or fake. If you'd like to be our contestant, got a Padres-themed game for you coming up, a chance to qualify for a getaway to Las Vegas and tickets to see comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. That is coming up next, 833-288-0973. We'll do that after a check traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Criticized Frank for his uh, his math in in his last segment it was a two and a half million dollar difference, not a million and a half dollar difference. Your speaking and reading skills were also called into question by me, though. That was that's true. <laughs> it's a long show, though. I mean, you know, it's nine twenty three in the morning. You've been here for many many hours. You're starting to wear out at the end. Do we need to bring in a relief pitcher for you? No, 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 no. Okay. I, I will be good to go tomorrow. All right, good. we got one more day this week, and then uh, you're off the hook for a little while. We'll probably have you back when we're at spring training, would be my guess, though. Would love it. Uh, next month. I think we got a contestant on the line. Let's get to it and play a little real or fake. See, that's your cue to play the open there, Frank. See? I I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, well, Frank uh, finds that uh, I will remind everybody that uh, you can always tune in to kickoff with Boomer and Valente Fridays at 6 p.m. as former NFL MVP Boomer Esiason and Mike Valente discuss the biggest NFL news and preview the big games of the week right here on 97.3 The Fan. Have I stalled enough for you? Yes, I have. Let's play. Some are here for the compelling sports talk with Ben and Woods. Yeah, you can go plow through another donut. It's time for Real or Fake on 97.3 The Fan. Uh, tell the people what they'll win today. All right, well, Frank uh, figures out the dings and the buzzers for the yes and the no over there. We'll welcome Jeremy from El Cajon, our contestant this morning on Real or Fake. How you doing, Jeremy? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm ready to go. All right, uh, all you need is four out of seven uh, correct, and you will qualify for our grand prize drawing getaway to Las Vegas, a night at the win. Swanky and two tickets to Sebastian Maniscalco at 19 sold out shows last year. He's got a brand new Netflix special titled Is It Me? And a residency March 3rd and 4th, May 27th and 28th at the iconic Encore Theater at the Win Las Vegas. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. As I said, we've got a Padres themed game of real or fake for you. It's very simple. So let's get right to it. Jeremy, I will name a player who appeared in at least one game for the Padres last season. You need to tell me if they hit at least one home run, real, 
or if they never went deep for the Padres in 2022. Fake? Got it there, Jeremy? Got it. All right, here we go. Real or fake? Round one. Matt Beatty. Real or fake, Jeremy? Fake. He did not hit a home run. That is correct. One point for Jeremy. You are on the board. All right, round two. Trace Thompson. Real or fake, Jeremy? Fake. Fake. He hit 13 for the Dodgers after the Padres let him go. Not a single one in his six games for the Padres. All right, two for two. Round three, Jeremy. Matt Batten. Real or fake? Fake. Fake. Three for three. He is on fire. All right, round four for the win. Nomar Mazzara. Real. Wow. That is another impressive let's performance. All right, let's, let's finish this out. Uh, by the way, Nomar hit two. One against the Cubs in June and one against the Diamondbacks, Zach Gallen, on June 29th. Luis Campusano, real or fake? Real. Yeah, he hit the one in September. Also off Zach Gallen on September 17th. Sergio Alcantara, real or fake, Jeremy? Fake. Correct. And Jose Azokar, real or fake? Yeah, there you go. That's seven for seven right there. Uh, Azokar had the most playing time of all of those guys that I mentioned, but never went deep for the Padres once. Jeremy, congratulations. You have won today's game of Real or Fake and qualified for our grand prize drawing. Thank you for playing today. And hang on, uh, Italian Paul, if he knows how to work the phones, we'll get your information and put you into the hopper for our grand prize drawing. Awesome. Thank you. I want to shout out Elkhorn Western Little League. All right. Go El Cajon Western Little League. Little League season's just around the corner. Looking forward to it. Oh, good job, Frank. We got through that okay. That was a- that was real or fake with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. He made that game look incredibly simple. I thought it would be a little tougher. I was trying to remember. Like, I mean, Matt Beatty, I thought he must have, must have connected once, right? No, not, not at all. Trace Thompson, he didn't hit one of them with the San Diego Padres. Hit 13 home runs last year, and not one of them came for the San Diego Padres. If, if you would have said Jose Azokar, I would have said real. I didn't. I thought he had at least hit one out, at least you, accidentally. Usually, when you're a major league baseball player and you get as many at bats as Azokar got, you're going to run into one at some point. But the definition of a punch and Judy hitter for the Padres. Last year, I mean, just no slugging percentage whatsoever because he hit like 260 or something for the Padres. So, you know, one of every four at-bats was a hit. None of them, none of them went over the wall, however, which is, uh, yeah, a little a little worrisome going forward. You know, you, it's hard to be on the big league level and not, not have any slug whatsoever. It, to be a valuable hitter, you have to get some extra bases from time to time. Singles used to be in the day, hey, you hit 320, they don't care if they're all singles. Now, you know, it's all about on-base percentage and slugging and OPS and what you kind of put together, and that's that's how value is added on the offensive end of the ball. So, yeah, the Padres, um, you know, the, the bench is not that deep. You know, obviously the addition of Nelson Cruz and Matt Carpenter will help things out a little bit. You'll feel like if the Padres are healthy, they'll always have at least one veteran guy that they can bring off the bench as a solid pinch hitter if they need one late in the game. Because uh, probably those guys aren't going to be starting on the same day a ton. I mean, occasionally you probably have Matt Carpenter out there at first and you can use Nelson Cruz as a designated hitter, but 
wouldn't be stunned if Nelson Cruz doesn't play the field uh, a single game all season long. I mean, he's he's at the point where he's exclusively a designated hitter, which does kind of limit your options uh, going forward. And that was one of the problems with the Padres during the postseason last year is you had Will Myers, who was able to come off the bench, and then you had three guys that were in witness protection that you didn't see at all. So to be able to build up that bench will certainly be able to help build this team up possibly get them over the hump from last year. All right, uh, speaking of the Padres, uh, out at Fantasy Camp, I had a chance to chat with a former Padres catcher earlier this morning, Nick Hundley, really fun guy. He's gonna, uh, We're going to have that conversation for you when we come back in our final segment. Next, with more, Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear. And the way the sunlight plays upon her head I hear the sound of a gentle On the wind that lifts her perfume through the air I'm picking up the vibrations are flying this morning. They're not quite the same vibrations. Paulie and Woods are uh, on the field now at Padres Fantasy Camp, but they'll be back tomorrow. We'll wrap up the week. We'll make our uh, NFL picks for the divisional wildcard round and uh, probably have some more uh, camp counselor guests, some of the coaches and Padres alums out there in Peoria, Arizona. Until then, uh, Frank and I are wrapping things up here. I will uh, remind everybody you can download the free Odyssey app. Uh, get all your favorite shows, Ben and Woods, the coach John Quintera, Gwen and Chris, anytime you want on demand. You just have to download it. Go to 97.3thefansd.com. Uh, get that Odyssey app on your phone. Makes it very easy. All right, uh, earlier this morning, had a chance to uh, sit down with Nick Hundley, former second-round draft pick, Padres catcher, now working in the Rangers organization. All right, let's get right to it. I see Woods and Paul have a uh, a special guest sitting alongside them at Padres Fantasy Camp in Peoria, guys. Yeah, we do. We got uh, former Padres catcher Nick Hundley, now special assistant to the GM of the Texas Rangers, one of the probably the most talked about teams in the offseason, uh, the Texas Rangers making moves. How are you, man? Great. Good to see you guys again. Good to have you again. Uh, ben is under the false impression that you're this really nice, quiet guy. <laughs> And I said, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Get him between the lines and uh, managing a ball club. It's a different story. Uh, we played against you guys yesterday. We lost, of course, because that's what we do. We are literally the team to beat. We are the best at losing. We're the best at losing uh, here at Fantasy Perfect. Camp. Uh, but, Nick, you know, watching you out there yesterday, I'm sitting there going, why? so why are you in the front office now? Why aren't you down on the field doing instructs and coaching and bench coaching? What's What's the story there? Um, you know, the, the front office side has been awesome. Has I've it? really, really enjoyed learning. Um, you know, being on field for, for my whole career, yeah. it's great to get a different perspective, see all the moving parts, what goes in. And, you know, thankfully with the Rangers and, and CY and our ownership, um, they give us a lot of latitude. We have the opportunity to talk about every single player in the league. You know, you get to sign players like Jacob DeGrasse, pitcher in the world. It's amazing. We can go and talk about everybody. So it's a really, really cool uh, experience. But at the same time, it's fun to be out there and talk trash to you guys. Yeah, it was. You did talk a lot of trash uh, <laughs> yesterday. Uh, you and I had a conversation off air about CY. Chris Young, of course, former Padres uh, pitcher. And, and I'll say it, man, one of the probably the top three smartest guys in the game of baseball. He's just a smart guy. He He's a presence. Uh, we said it years ago on our show. It wouldn't surprise us if CY is running the league, uh, you know, running the running the entire thing someday. 
Um, tell us about working with him on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I think I learned early. He When I was catching him yeah. um, coming up, he taught me a lot about preparation and what it meant to be a big leaguer and what it meant to go about your daily process in a, in a high level. Um, and I was really fortunate to be around him there. And, you know, he takes that into everything. So he's a, he's one of those guys that is, will be successful in whatever he uh, whenever he does. Um, and he's, like, fiercely competitive, too. I can tell you some stories of him just getting after it um, and how, how fierce and how fiery he is. And, uh, you know, when he's not playing and when he's not competing, he's hanging out just like this. Nicest really, guy. Nicest guy in the world. <laughs> but you put him on the mound, you put him between the lines, and his game on. You're all lunatics. Every yeah. single one of you guys <laughs> no is an absolute lunatic. There's yeah. no question. Betty? You know, obviously bringing Bruce Bochy back to the organization. Now, you didn't actually get to play for Bochy on the big league level, right? When you were coming up there at the Peoria Sports Complex, he was manager for a couple of years. But by the time he got to the big leagues, you played for Bud Black. But I thought it was interesting that CY said that this wasn't just because of their relationship, that he really felt like Bochy was the right manager uh, for the Texas Rangers right now with what they're trying to do. Yeah, for sure. I, I was uh, yeah. I missed Boach in San Diego, but then I played for him in, for two years in San Fran. So I got to play for Boach for uh, for uh, two full years, which is amazing. Um, and I think CY cast a really good vision for Boach and then delivered on it. You know, we went out and talked to, and we we hired Mike Maddox um, as well, unbelievable pitching coach, and those types of people, and then Will Venable as well. Um, bringing those types of people into the organization and building uh, building it out um, and then delivering on what you say you're going to deliver on. Um, it was a really, really good offseason. Talking to uh, former Padres catcher Nick Hundley uh, here on Ben and Woods this morning, and, and don't take this as an insult. I don't know how to I don't know how to look at the Texas Rangers and what they've done. Obviously, you see there's improvements. Yeah, there's going to be improvements. You look at that division and you look at, at what Houston's been doing, they're 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 kind of the gold standard. You know, a lot of people talk about the Dodgers and, and this, that, but when it counts, you know, the, the Houston Astros have really been the gold standard for the last few years on how they do things. I, I said it a few weeks ago. If the Rangers were not one hundred and five games, it wouldn't surprise me. If they lost you know, ninety games. It wouldn't surprise me either. I just don't know how to how to market. What is the, the feel for you guys in the organization? Yeah, the feel is we have a lot of a lot of talented players, and we have a lot of talented coaching, um, and we have a talented front office. So we're excited to roll. Let, I mean, let the chips fall where yeah, they may. And that's the thing. Like the nothing, the game owes you nothing. Nothing is guaranteed. You can go out and prognosticate, um, say, hey, we want to win X, Y, Z. But at the end of the day, it's about going out and doing it every day. And obviously, the, the Astros have done an amazing job of doing it. And uh, you know the depth that they have. It just keeps coming. You well, know, you've done a great job. You saw in the World Series, I mean, yeah. you know, other teams are running out of, of starting pitching, and they're like, well, we've got seven starting pitchers, so we yeah. can throw anybody anytime we want. It's yeah. it's truly remarkable. I feel um, like it's Padre Fantasy Camp. Like, your team's running out of pitching. We have plenty of pitching. Yeah, you have plenty you know, of pitching. We have arms for days, you know, because we drafted arms. So we could play two today, full arm, and be ready to roll. So, you know. I don't even know who to compare us to. I, I mean, we're, we're just – we have a guy on our team, he's 75 years old, and for some reason my managers uh, insist on letting him run in, in key <laughs> situations. Just let him run. He's 75 years old. I'm like, you know you can pinch run, you can move, do guys. In and I don't want to tell those guys how to do their job, though. That's yeah. fine. So low and, yeah, hey, low and mud? Yeah, low mud. You're, you're worst, terrible, hey, man. You know what? This is worst managers. Yeah, this They're is the worst. Yeah. You know, they don't take it seriously. Are they on the hot seat? Yeah, is that yeah they, are, they are on the hot seat. They're on the hot seat. They're on the hot seat. Yeah, they lose our third game, and Mudge or uh, Loretta goes. Well, if you got any drugs to use, now would be a good time to use them. <laughs> Mud, you got anything to say? Mud goes, nope. Now, <laughs> <laughs> off 
awesome. Hey, Mud shut it down in the second inning yesterday when we were playing you guys. He really did. We played seven innings. He did. By the second, he, he was down. sleeping over there. Yep, he was. I've, had, I've had half your team come to ask for a trade to our team. <laughs> Mud shows up about two minutes before first pitch. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's probably time for the organization to make a change. Yeah. Uh, what what do you miss most about playing? Um, the competition. Um, testing your skills against the best people in the world, best players in the world every single day um, is an awesome adrenaline rush. And so that competition I miss. And then hanging out with the guys on the plane and playing cards, stuff yeah. like that, it's awesome. The locker awesome. room and, and all that stuff. Uh, one of our uh, one of our listeners, Alex, said, all right, got to ask Nick Conley to talk you through, which is probably a player's favorite thing to do. Yeah. Talk us through your 16th inning walk-off home run against the Reds, yes. uh, 2009. You said it's the content we all need. Okay, so... At about the seventh inning, Kevin Kuzminoff comes up and he comes off and says, "Hey, Nick Lachey's here." And this is when Nick Lachey and Jessica, Nick Simpson, Lachey. Je- <laughs> Jessica Simpson are hanging out. So he's sitting right behind the dugout or right behind the on deck circle. Yeah. So I come up in the bottom of the ninth and he's sitting with his boys. He's a big Reds fan, huge Reds fan. So we're playing the Reds, and he's like, "I'm talking trash." I'm like, that's my favorite thing in the world. You love trash. to talk I trash. Do. So Nick Lachey's sitting right there. I say, "Nick, you guys ready to go home? I'm going deep." It's over. They're going nuts. I strike out. So they're, no, going, no. <laughs> they're going. They're all over me. I come up in the 11th. Again, hey, boys, they're still there. There's like six of them. It's over. I'm going deep. I strike out again. Oh I have God. to walk back right in front of them every time I strike out. So come up in the 14th, say the same thing. They walk me. Intentional walking. They're going nuts. 16th inning. I'm like, all right, they're still there. It was unbelievable. I was like, this is the day I became best friends with Nick Lachey. Then uh, I'm like, guys, done walk off Homer and the pile we jump and pile it on and yeah. we end up right next to on Dexter right on Nick Lachey and they're like oh yeah, I'm like, let's go <laughs> fourth time's the charm fourth time I can say I'm going deep as many times as I want it's great as long as you do it but, doesn't matter but, yeah. I'm going to try that today I'm yeah just keep that. saying just keep <laughs> telling yourself keep that keep telling myself I'm going to do something happen. good yeah so and then Micah Owings was pitching and who a former pod and I was so tired, he threw a fastball, like, right by me. And I swung like I'm swinging underwater. And then, thankfully, he hung me a slider and I hit it out. Did you catch the whole game that Yeah, day? I caught the whole game. 16-inning <laughs> game. Uh, I was talking to, to Riley Westman uh, the other day about, about the catching position. And it, it is certainly, I think, it's the most fascinating uh, position in baseball. You know, it really is because... It's really the only position where you have you're you're relied everywhere for your offense and defense certainly, um, but the catching position you, you you know a lot of guys call a game, they got to work with the pitchers the right way. They, you need to be in sync and all of that. And and for you, uh, was it nerve wracking when you first came up trying to manage all of that? And just how difficult is it? Yeah, I mean when I came up, it was Cy, Randy Wolf. Jake Peavy, Greg Maddox. You better have your ass together. You better not mess this up, you know? It's not like we have a bunch of young guys that I've jacked it up for before in the minor leagues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have like, uh, yeah, those. But yeah, I think the first, my first, maybe my second or third game, I caught Greg Maddox. Good God. Really, this is what's going on? And he was really specific on how he wanted me to set up and not move Of course he was. So I'm just sitting back there like, okay, don't screw it up. Like, okay, perfect. (laughs) Well, then you get through the inning, and then you got to grab a bat, and then you got to go out and hit major league pitching, too. you got to contribute there. you got to contribute with preparation. you got to know the hitter. I mean, it's it's really involved. It's a really involved thing. It takes a lot of work. Yeah, that part, that's the part I missed, too, is the strategy of it. Like, going in there and figuring out how to get the best hitters like trying to get Mike Trout out four times today is a monumental task. So figuring out different ways with different guys, and then guess what? You got to play him again the next day. Who's the uh, Who's the biggest loon you ever played with? Like pitcher, like the the guy where you're like, all right, bro, like you got it. You're 
you need to dial it in. Like he was yeah. just kind of all over the place. It was, Heath, or, it was Heath the, Bell, wasn't it? The, the, the no. toughest guys, to, maybe not tough to work with, but just like you never knew what you were going to get. You know what? One of my favorite guys that would come in was a, a former pod, Dale Thayer. Dale Thayer. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. He would like chew this military-grade chewing gum that was supposed to, like snipers, just supposed to keep you up for like three days. <laughs> and he would pop like six of them before he came <laughs> oh my in. God. And his eyes would be so red. And you're like, dude. Take a breath. Just his relax. Heart, I feel like his heart, his heart was, was about to explode. explode. <laughs> and then, like you're talking to him, and he's like, <laughs> "What is going on?" He, did he have a big hook? Was he, did he have a big a hammer slider? Just threw like like the short righty that just yeah. threw gas just at the top gas. of his own. That's oh, right. That's so like Nick funny. Martinez with his dry shot of energy powder that yeah. he chews on before the game. We're talking to Nick you. Hundley at Padres Fantasy Camp. I wanted to ask you, Nick. I don't know if you saw the. Padres uh, international signing, the catcher, Ethan Salas from Venezuela. Yep. Uh, now, you were a second-round draft pick. That that gives you at least some, you know, like, okay, the organization's invested something in me. They're going to give me some time. Can you imagine, though, being the guy, you know, the, the number one 16-year-old prospect, internationally ranked number one as a catcher? Now, we can't expect to see him on the big league level for, you know, several years at the catching yeah, position. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's probably a lot of weight to put on your shoulders at the age of 16. Yeah, so I was in the Dominican a couple months ago, like in November, watching our our new signings, and it's amazing the the level of competition going on down there. We, a kid from uh, from the Bahamas, a big prospect too. So it's it's fun to see those kids, but at the same time, yeah, you're 16 years old. You know, you don't know what's going to happen and where you're going to be in in five six years. So um, so it's amazing crapshoot for sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun to see those guys, and uh, it's not like the NFL or NBA. You pay somebody six million dollars in the NFL, playing. they're starting the next day. So um, that's the the harder part with baseball and the fans and things like that. The, the patience that you have to have, and um, which isn't my strong suit, and probably not society's strong suit at this this point either. But it's, that's the the process for sure. Speaking of the Dominican, I saw Jorge Alfaro was named the most valuable player of the. Dominican series uh, that they their team won last night. So, Smashing, man. Uh, you yeah. know, we we had fun with him last season and all of his walk offs for the San Diego Padres with your your walk off story as well. That guy that guy had some flow though. I mean, he was a significant story uh, for the Padres last season, even though uh, they didn't keep him around for another year. Yeah, Jorge's had a really good career, like sneaky good career. Um, big prospect coming up, so I think he signed, he signed with Boston. Boston, maybe? yeah, Boston, yeah, yeah. He'll do a good job. Um, it's tough as as the as the uh, the metrics and all that stuff get get involved. Um, I think sometimes people lose a little bit of sight of production because um, I think he can do a really good job. He's a, he's a big league catcher for sure. Let me ask you this: the uh, the, the talk about the automate, automated strike zone yeah. coming in. Um, we're working with a 1-1 one, one count out here. You know, everybody comes up 1-1. One one. It's not great uh, when you're hitting. It's kind of fun when you're pitching, except if you're mean, you can't throw a strike. <laughs> it sucks because you have one extra ball. Uh, but for you, a, a guy that dedicated his life to catching and learning the craft and where to be and how to be shifty and where to put the glove and yeah. how to steal a strike or two or whatever, um, you in favor of the automa- automated strike zone? Because you had to hit, too. Yeah, no, I hate it. You um, hate it. I hate it. Uh, I think, and for me, my career would have helped me because I wasn't the most. Uh, I was always lower in the ratings of, of pitch framing metrics. Sure. That was not one of my strong suits. So um, it would have helped me in my career. But I think the way that the umpires are graded so heavily now, like they're doing a really good job. It's not. I think you're fixing a problem that really. 
doesn't totally exist. Yeah, guys will miss pitches sure. every now and then, but that's part of the game. Like the anticipation, when a fan comes to the game, they anticipate action, right? The anticipation of that action sometimes is greater than that event actually occurring. So now you've taken away any arguments on the bases. You're going to take away any arguments, any interaction between players and staff and, and umpires and stuff like that. And then if you look at TV, like the box that the Padres put up is going to be different than the box that the Rangers put up, which is different than the box that the Cardinals put up. So how do you know what strikes them? They should put up a uniform box on these broadcasts, which you can put a man on the moon, you can put a man on the like you can put uniform put box, umpire boxes yeah. and say, hey, this is what the umpires are graded on. Like this is how it's done, and you see some of these younger guys coming up are sh- like getting every pitch right. It's yeah. unbelievable. These yeah. guys, are, and some of the you know some of the guys have been using this system consistently for years. They're shooting ninety eight, ninety nine percent. I mean, Doug Eddings though. You, you you watch a couple games with some of the Padre games. You're like, bro, and I get it. It's a ninety eight mile an hour sinker. It's never been seen before. Whatever. I I couldn't do it in a million years, but I'm not paid to do it. Yeah, I'm not paid to do it. And you watch some of these games, and you're like. You're, you're killing us. You're literally, you're <laughs> killing us. You're ripping my soul. If there's technology, and if they can get it right, don't you want to get it right? And now you're the front office. Like you, don't you want to get it right, right? Do you yeah. think, and do you think they can? Do you think there's a way to get every call right? No, I don't think there's a okay. I mean, maybe. If you, yeah, we haven't ABS, seen it yet. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's... You know, I think it's going to be hard. And I think people think, oh, it's going to help the offense. I think it's going to go the other way. I think it'll help the pitching, too. Yeah, because you talk, do, throw these top corner pitches yes. that don't get called, yes. that nobody can hit. Yep. And all of a sudden, yeah, the like, spinners okay. that catch a, catch yeah. a corner. Yeah, that's a, I have to swing at that. I got to swing at that. That's a strike. Yeah. So, you know, there'll be a learning curve. There'll be adjustment period. And guys are so good and athletic and, and able to adjust. They'll figure it out. But yeah, I don't like it. Well, man, this was uh, this is an awesome, awesome interview. I appreciate uh, appreciate you letting us ruin your image of uh, a nice guy <laughs> yeah, and all that. that Just don't be- story, though. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. Don't believe the hype. Yeah. Uh, the headline today is Nick Hunley, not a nice guy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, hey. other one. Hey, uh, also Nick, if you're out there listening, I'm still waiting for your call. This is like 15 years later, but I'll still be best friends with you. <laughs> Anytime. We appreciate you, man, very much. Thanks, Thanks so much. Nick Hunley on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. And, you know, I said I think the the challenge system for those automated strike uh, zones is probably the best way to go. Uh, Give a team like three challenges and, you know, then go for the obvious ones in the important situations. But not not everything has to be called by, by the robot strike zone. Uh, Paulo Tyson uh, tweeted and said, it's not those high and away ones, it's the low ones that are in the dirt. The curves with the big break, the catcher catches low, crosses the plate at the front right as a strike. Yeah, if, if you get a bunch of balls that are ticking the front edge of the strike zone, the top of the ball hits the front edge right at the knee, and then it dives down. I mean, you can have balls that are almost in the dirt that would be called technically a strike by the, the system, even though probably the pitcher, the catcher, the umpire, and the batter all in real time thought it was a ball. But with the challenge system, you know, it's called a ball. No one, they, everyone just kind of ignores it and keeps playing on. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. There's going to be a big learning ter- curve. But if it's been promoted from the independent league all the way up to AAA, I mean, it seems it's to working. be working. So it's coming to Major League Baseball at some point. I think that's almost a foregone conclusion. All right, that's it for Thursday. We've got one more day with Paul and Woods out at Fantasy Camp tomorrow. We'll make our NFL division round picks as well. And we'll thank Frank for a job mostly well done this week. Thank you, Frank. 
Coach John Katerra is coming up next. Rapali and Woods and Frank, I'm Ben Higgins. Have a great rest of your Thursday from all of us here at 97.3 The Fan.